You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelly live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you so much for joining me for another incredible uh, episode of the African Father in America podcast. My name is Simon Javan Okelo and uh, I am in Seattle, Washington. I am here with my brother Tutaleni Asino who is uh, a professor at uh, Oklahoma State University and also the founder of uh, Namibia House. Tutaleni, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, my brother. I'm good. I'm uh, happy to be um, here with you. Um, also, as always, happy to be in uh, um, African Father in America uh, Clubhouse and to be in this space to um, reflect on what their ancestors are communicating to us. So I'm very happy to be here. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, you know, we had you here on very short notice. Uh, I think it was last week on Friday when we celebrated episode number 300. And uh, you really, really, um, you know, blessed us with your time. And today uh, we are having you again on another special occasion, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Uh, so I think, you know, there's a reason why every time we have a conversation, it's, it's on a special day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel special. I definitely do. I I I I I feel that you are special, and also uh, every day is special. But somehow, you know, a day like Thanksgiving is big. You know, everybody has been preparing for it, uh, especially in the U.S., Canada, and uh, you know other. I, I was just looking up where uh, Thanksgiving is celebrated today, and I was seeing that uh, Saint Lucia, Grenada. Uh, and a couple of other countries like Canada also celebrate Thanksgiving today besides the U.S. Um, are you doing anything for Thanksgiving before we jump into our regular conversation? <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I am. Um, when I was a student um, in the U.S., uh, because of being an international student, um, I never had a place to go to. So I usually stay on campus. Or at some point, somebody will uh, uh, will invite me over to their house um, and, and share Thanksgiving with them. So I've started um, repaying uh, as a professor now that um, I invite students over who uh, who don't necessarily have anywhere to go. So um, I'm going to be having students from uh, parts of Africa here. We're going to have students from Nepal uh, and other regions in the world. Um, just uh, we'll be here celebrating, um, you know, togetherness and, uh, and and eating. So, so I'll I'll be spending the next few hours um, helping uh, uh, clean up the house and uh, cooking with my wife and and all of that stuff. Since I was the one who invited all these students uh, over, so so I'm looking forward to it. How about you? What will you be? Uh, what will you be doing? <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing for Thanksgiving, uh, you know, hosting those two. It's, it's just family, you know. Yeah. We will host people too. And I was laughing because I've been cleaning the house since yesterday, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot of cleaning and I'm about to, after this conversation, uh, I'll definitely go back into just, you know, asking what can I do to help and doing it and then going back and asking, you know, 
Uh, yeah, we are hosting uh, family. We are hosting family at our house. Uh, just a few people, about 12 people. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cooking and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I am, uh, I'm being true to my African roots. I'm not just having yeah. turkey. I'm going to be <laughs> throwing in some goat meat in there. Some yeah. Or shifima or fufu, what other people call it. I'm gonna yeah. Remix that whole thing. <laughs> so are you cooking or, uh, somebody else is, is. Oh, uh, my cooking. wife and I uh, share the cooking. Uh, I, I, uh, I love to cook. I, I don't know if you know about this about me, but, uh. When I was in school, a university, to pay for university, I used to work in a kitchen, uh, in a catering kitchen. So, so I fell in love with with cooking and learned a few things there. Um, and as a result, now I'm one of those guys who also enjoy cooking as much as anything else. So, so yeah, the, that's so wonderful. I'll be thankful if I do not burn anything. <laughs> that that's my uh, my Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's so wonderful. Yeah, uh, I just want to welcome our friends and family who are joining us on Clubhouse. And also, I know that a few people are joining us on YouTube. Thank you so much. My name is Simon Javan Okelo. We are, I, I'm in Seattle, Washington. And today we're having a beautiful conversation with our brother Tutaleni Asino, who is a professor at uh, Oklahoma State University, I believe. Yeah, Oklahoma State University. And, uh, you know, Tutaleni is really, really... Uh, has become uh, a good friend. We haven't met in person, but I feel like we've, uh, we, lately we've been talking almost every week, um, you know, and I feel that uh, it's that time. It's about time for us to meet in person. Uh, but you're doing incredible work at Oklahoma State University, uh, you know, just looking at your profile, uh, the department that you work with. I'm just excited to talk a lot about that today. But also I'm excited to talk about uh, later on in the conversation, the Namibia House, what are some of the things that have been going on, uh, and also your travel escapades. I feel that every year you leave the U.S., you go you go back home, you go to South Africa. So uh, just think about those three themes. Uh, but to everybody else, uh, we are going to have a beautiful African proverb that is going to ground our conversation today. And it says that uh, this is a, a Mozambican proverb, uh, so wow, so not too far from home. But it says, if you are not able to build a house at once, you must first build a shed. If you are not able to build a house at once, you must first build a shed. So think about what this means to you. Uh, feel free to join us on the stage if you are on Clubhouse. And also share the link to this room you know, across Clubhouse and uh, to Twitter, to Facebook, to Instagram and TikTok, any other platform that you'd like to help promote uh, this uh, beautiful conversation, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, and also, I just want to share three nuggets of wisdom before we begin our conversation. These three nuggets of wisdom were inspired by today's uh, proverb. The first one says that start small and work your way up, you know, just start small. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Then the second one says, take your time and do it right. You know, no need to rush and, um, you know, and not get the results that you're looking for. And then the third one says that learn as you go, you know, uh, you might not be ready for the opportunity that you're looking for, 
but you know you can start learning something a little about it and uh, continuing to progress so uh, i want to now invite my brother Tutalini to also weigh in on what this proverb means to him. Uh, the proverb says, if you are not able to build a house at once, you must first build a shade. Tutalini, share with us your thoughts on this proverb. You know, um, I've been thinking about this proverb for, for, for the last few days since you shared it with me that we're going to be discussing it. Um, and the one thing that kept coming into my mind is paralysis uh you know and 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 sometimes we get paralyzed by um our inability to start because our dreams are so big um when our dreams are so big we don't really know um where to start and we have similar um proverbs here um that also align with this one some uh, you know the old saying of every journey starts with the first step Right, and it's always that first step. And for me, when I when I read this, if you're not able to build a house at once, you must uh, first build a shed. Um, you know, sometimes you have to start small and and keep going and and, and building up uh, as you uh, as you move. And it it starts in in everything. So you know, my um, in my background is I'm I'm, I'm also a designer, uh, and I remember one uh um one time in in school when i was in my masters i had to do uh to build a 3d uh model of a of a of a university uh residence hall um and it is a building that has 17 floors with two buildings next to each other so it's really 17 times two and each of those floors have different characters and and so forth but it gave me a lesson in patience because you have to start off by building a brick and really designing that brick uh, in all its dimension. Because if you don't design that brick well, when you put all those bricks together, you see all those imperfections. Um, but once you design a brick or two, then it becomes a lot easier to sort of uh, expand from that. Um, and, and for me, that's sort of what's happening here is that you have to start somewhere. You have to start off small. Um, if you're not able to build your mansion right then and there, sometime, you know, um, uh, start off with a small, uh, a small shed. If you are not able to buy your, uh, Mercedes E-Class right then and there, start off with a, a low end Hyundai and keep going until you eventually reach your dream. Um, I think it's a really great reminder because often we imagine ourselves in such greatness places that we forget that uh, um, greatness is not necessarily a one shot done. It's an uh, um, it's an acclimation of all these little things that happen, um, and then you 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 reach this 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 big uh, um, this big level of greatness. So for me, that's sort of what comes to my mind is that you know. Um, if you're not able to build it at once, don't stop and say, ah, you know, um, let me stop there and, and, and give up. And we have so many, I, I'm even thinking about, you know, uh, biblical passages of uh, uh, the boss who gave his three servants uh, money and then left. Uh, somebody buried their, 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 their wealth, the other one invested it, um, you know, and, and, and got returned. So the one who buried is basically saying, ah, you know what? 
I can't build my mansion anyway, so let me just give up now. Uh, so it's a it's um it's it's a it's a proverb about uh, uh, persistent and also about not letting uh, paralysis set in when you're trying to reach a goal. I love that. I love that. You keep moving. You know, as long as you don't stop, that's that's what is important. You just keep making progress, and that's really really important. Uh, I wanted to, since you're you're in tech and you're always hosting uh, forward thinking you know, uh, conversations in the Namibia house. I want to talk about some, some, some bank fried. Do you know this individual is the CEO, maybe the former CEO of FTX. Have you been following uh, what's yes. going on with FTX? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. When you think about this situation and this proverb, uh, what can you say about it? <laughs> I, um, you know, I don't know if this problem would apply to, to that situation because I think the FTX situation is perhaps both um, has characteristic of somebody jumping way too far ahead to build their mansion before they build a shed. Because the people who are involved in FTX, um, I'm not so sure yeah. how how well prepared they, they are. So here's, here's my, my, my broader sort of uh, thought around FTX, other cryptos and things like that, right? Um, in in theory, these things sort of make sense. Um, I think the technology of blockchain offers us a lot of different possibilities and a lot of opportunities and everything else. The problem became that it wasn't necessarily being run by people who knew stuff. It's people who got there first. Right, people got there first, and they wanted to run ahead. Um, and I think we were, <clears throat> we were sort of sprinkled with this euphoric dust that we were all getting excited. And there's a lot of studies that are coming out that the people who got, because uh, um, the people who we hear about are the millionaires that lost their money and everything else. But the people on the low end, um, there's a lot of uh, being written that it's mainly black people who have lost a lot of their money in that because they are the one that have been kind of convinced to get on this uh, rich get rich uh, quick scheme. Um, now that's not to to downplay or destroy or, or say no crypto is 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 not worth it or the technology. I think there's a lot of things there, but I think some people rushed in too fast without even really understanding what's happening. Uh, like imagine people who don't even understand finance, but they're the one that are calling you on the phone or sending you spam to to teach you about um, about uh, uh, about crypto. And I'm like, but dude, you are just as broke as I am. How is that you now are the one who are trying to to teach me about these things? So I think that if we were to apply this proverb to that scenario, is that I feel that um, you know those people rush to build their house. Uh, before they even considered um, having enough material to build a shed, uh, so um, but it's it's been a, a fascinating thing to to see, and I think for me what has been really more fascinating the people who call me, and I'm sure Simon you you have the same thing. People are coming into your uh, WhatsApp messages, in your uh, Instagrams, in your Clubhouse messages trying to convince you to join all of these things and they don't understand it any more than anybody else 
Um, so so it, it, it's been interesting to see how that whole thing is um, is playing out. But not to get controversial, but I'm just going to go on record to say there is no way if that person was African or even Black, they would have been given the opportunity to to amass that much uh, wealth or to be able to get all of these things. Uh, so I think there's a lot of other inequalities that are built into the system also. But but that's a, a conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, if he was not, uh, you know, white and so connected, yeah. he would have been in jail right now, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, he would yeah. have been in jail right now because uh, this guy is in Bahamas. He's just relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> and. Been- in the Bahamas relaxing with his roommates. Imagine me and my roommates who don't know anything about finance managed to convince rich millionaires to give us their money. Um, you know, I think it's because the guys, both parents are Stanford professors. His aunt is like a dean of, I think, law school or medical school at, at, at the Columbia. He's, you know, he has done all this. He's really connected. Um, I just don't think that uh, a person by the name of Tutalani Asino or, or, or Simon Javano Kello is going to be able to to get that same exact, no, uh, will be sent to jail right away while people figure out what happened. Exactly. So, so. Exactly. And he, he also actually contributed over $40 million to uh, the Democrats in the just... Uh, you know, they, they just concluded midterm elections and his co-executive director or CEO gave 23 million to the Republicans. So they they are that deeply connected, you know, so they nobody can actually question both. them, you know. Yeah, they played both sides nicely. Um, I mean, there's a I study uh, innovations and, and creativity and there's a part of me that says that kind of admires. I'm like, wow. That's creative and innovative in a lot of ways, but there's a, yeah, it it, it, it will be interesting to see how all of these things settle. Um, I really think that the, the broader idea around having a virtual currency, the idea of um, disrupting financial um, sort of um, industry uh, with different innovations, the idea of, of, of maybe um, exploring sort of equitable distribution through crypto, um, the security that blockchain offers and all of these things that are connected with FTX, um, I think are really um, important and exciting for me. I just don't, I never thought it was going to be this quick get rich scheme that people have tried to do. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested in seeing uh, how it um, how it eventually comes together. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. So for everyone who is just joining us, I am uh, hosting here my brother Tutalenia Sino, who is a professor at Oklahoma State University, and we've been talking about this amazing African proverb from Mozambique. It says that if you are not able to build a house at once, you must first build a shade. And, uh, you know, I shared the three nuggets of wisdom. Brother Tutalini shared his own perspectives on the proverb. And we are now just comparing it with what's going on around the world, you know. Um, but now, uh, Brother Tutalini, uh, I want to, instead of asking you this uh, story, that uh, this 
thing, this question that I normally ask all my guests about, what is it that drives them? I want to jump to the next question. We will come back to this one in a moment, especially because uh, I'm very, very interested in learning more about what you do at Oklahoma State University, uh, you know, because of the title of the department that you're working in. You know, sometimes it takes me a while to look up my own friends, people that are close to me. I don't go online and look at what is it exactly that Tutaleni does, you know, uh, because whenever we meet, we have a lot to talk about, you know, and I see that you are in the educational foundations and leadership aviation. That aviation part made me a little more curious, but you've also talked a lot about mobile technology and how that's part of what forms the core of the work that you do. Now I'm adding a three part of a third part of a third item to this question. Um, clubhouse and uh, community building. I feel that you you value building community a lot, you know. And uh, when we spoke last, you were asking, you are saying that, you know, you feel like I value community a lot, and I host this podcast, uh, you know, so consistently, and it's something that I don't really have to do, but I do it because of how much I value community, and I feel the same way about you. So uh, I wanted you to talk about the work you do. Uh, how it's relevant to community building and why you're so passionate about Namibia House uh, because it's on a technology platform, you know, but it's serving a very, very old and ancient need that we all have as human beings and also Africans. We are very, very community-oriented. So uh, just have time for a monologue to talk about all those things. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I always love our conversation because they also give me a chance to reflect because you know when you're doing something and you're caught up into it you you don't really think about it i i don't think you know we often say that um a fish doesn't question the water in which it's swimming it's just there uh similarly we don't normally wake up asking about oxygen because it's just all around us because we, we're breathing we do it every day it's become so normal um and i think i do my work um and everybody else, I think once we do our work, we don't really think about a lot of these things. Um, so I'm in the um, in 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 uh, the, the department that you mentioned. Let's focus on the aviation component for a second, right? Um, the we actually have a program where we train pilots in our department, uh, and these are actual pilots that are gonna go into, you know. Um, uh, piloting uh, flights. So maybe next time if you're on Delta or American Airlines, you might have one of our uh, uh, students who have graduated from there. Um, and, um, and the reason why that program is in um, the School of, uh, um, uh, of Education, or rather just like the whole College of Education, is that in addition to being trained as pilot, they also get a teaching certificate where they can then teach other other pilots. So that's sort of a, a, a major distinction that um, that sets our program apart from from others where they're just perhaps taught how to um, to, to, to to fly an airplane. Um, so it, it's it's a unique feature. Uh, and, and it's one that I think people always ask me about because like, wait, but how wh why is this? Uh, I haven't figured out how to learn how to 
fly an airplane myself yet, but maybe I'll take one of those classes also and uh, eventually build my own mansion and get my own flight one of those days. So, um, but in that department, um, what I am in, I'm in the program that's called uh, Learning Design and Technology. Um, it, it's, it, it's a relatively new name. Uh, some people will know it as maybe educational technology at some other universities. Some will call it maybe instructional systems design. Um, but really the, the main issue, the main thing that we focus on regardless, regardless of the name is the focus on technology to support learning. Um, and then also just the science of learning as a whole. Uh, how do people learn? Um, how do people, how can we help them learn better? What can we understand about the way culture informs learning? Uh, what can we, what, what contextually appropriate technologies can be used to facilitate learning, which is what led me to uh, mobile learning. Um, I was very fascinated by the growth of mobile devices in the Southern African region specifically, um, because, you know, I grew up in a, in a pre-independent Namibia. And I remember as a kid, my uh, family, because of apartheid, black people were not necessarily allowed to have phones or other things um, in the, in the country, in Namibia or South Africa. My family applied for, uh, um, a landline, a phone uh, for the house, and it never came. To this day, I think we're still, I joke that we're still waiting for this phone to be uh, installed. But then Namibia became independent in 1990, and somewhere between um, around 90 to 95, or even the early 2000, uh, mobile phones just exploded. So you went from people who didn't have you know, electricity or landlines in their house to jumping to having the latest mobile technology. Um, and I started asking myself, like, well, we use these things for banking. We use it for health. We use it to text our friends. We use it in everything, including a flashlight. But when it comes to education, we tell people don't use it. Um, and, and that always bothered me because um, if you think about it, a phone that was around in 1990, the one that you had to press three times to enter any letter, you know, those phones from the 90s, it said that it has the technological equivalent of what sent people to the moon in the 1960s. So if you think about it, you have this technology that can get people out of our planet to go to the moon, and you have billions of people who are walking around with it in their pocket but we are telling students and teachers, no, this thing is too distracting. You can't um, use it in your classroom. And I always show people the little, um, I have a little black mark here in the palm of my hand. Um, because my uh, um, my friend, Jason from, from Cameroon, we were goofing around um, in class and he stabbed me with a pencil. It wasn't intentional, it was just we were goofing around and, and, and it left the mark. So I always say a pencil can be just as dangerous and distracting as a cell phone if it's not used correctly. So we really need to figure out how do we use these tools for um, to be productive. Um, so that has been sort of my quest to look at a technology that are contextually appropriate to my, to my context, 
um, and all these emerging tools. So I'm now playing around with mobile learning. I'm looking at learning analytics. I'm looking at, um, I just spent two months in South Africa looking at virtual reality and augmented reality, how we use those in education. So I'm really looking at all these emerging technologies and how we can uh, um, you use them in education. The the part where um, why I'm passionate about Namibia that kind of comes that's a given, right? I'm I'm passionate about myself and my home, so that's just a I don't know how else to explain that one. Um, but the idea of community, I'm very passionate about it because I think over the time as Namibians and I'll generalize as Africans in general, we have had so many people speaking on our behalf and we are not um, either allowed to speak on our own behalf or we just have not been given the space. And now you and I, Simon, we are able to give that space, right? We have the same technology as somebody else. We might not have the same access, but we are going to continue to, to, to knock down that door to make sure that we also have our space. Um, and, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm built from a community oriented, uh, uh, space. We have the old African saying that, you know, um, you know, it's a village that raises the child. That's just how we are, we are designed. We're not designed to, um, to, to, to be alone or to, to, to thrive on our own. And if you compare this to our philosophical sort of, uh, underpinning and, and, and background compared to maybe something is European philosophy, right? You have Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. The focus is on the individual, right? If you look at the Ubuntu philosophy, it's I am because you are, right? So there's a, a built-in aspect of community in our cultures, in who we are, um, that we just can't escape from. Um, I joke around that, you know, when I was a kid, you know, um, we shower together with other kids, right? We sit together with other people. Even when, when you're eating your, your shatima, you, you, you get one plate of shatima and one plate of stew and you take from the same plate and you eat from the other. You don't do anything alone. That's just how we are designed. So I can't escape uh, that part. And that's really what drove the Namibia House. Namibia House, similar to all of us on Clubhouse, started off with one or two people, right? For us, it was about three to six people. And we just started having conversations um, and we were, uh, I, I made the intentional decision that I didn't want to hog the, the, the mic. I didn't want to be the one who's, who's um, in charge of all of these things. So the rule that we made in, at the beginning is that anyone in the Namibia house can open up a room anytime they want, they can discuss, they can do all of these stuff. Um, and we just work together to build that community. We have a WhatsApp group where we all are in and we are sharing ideas, sharing rooms and all of these things. And the community just um, grew from there. But I think it's just part of our, I think it's part of our DNA as Africans to sort of think in that uh, community-oriented frame of mind. And now I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody else who sort of prescribe to that uh, uh, Descartes philosophy of I think therefore I am. I'm just saying that my identity is 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 formed differently. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. If you're just joining us, uh, we're having a conversation with my brother uh, Tutaleni Asino who uh, is a professor at uh, Oklahoma State University and the founder of Namibia House and really 
uh, a very very wise and knowledgeable individual someone that I could literally spend uh, hours and hours just having a conversation with we'd love to include you in this conversation so if you are uh, on clubhouse and you'd like to be uh, a part of this conversation today is thanksgiving so uh, i just want to let a few more people up on the stage then we'll close it in five minutes we'll turn off fundraising so that we can uh, in a moment hear your voices now uh, brother tutaleni to the question that i skipped earlier you know i probably have asked you this question before but i share with many people many guests that i host here that when i was eight years old my mother gave me a bicycle and uh, i began distributing milk and bread in our neighborhood and that's how i learned community building entrepreneurship and the discipline to uh, to get something out of nothing you know and uh, i want you to share with us a story a similar story uh, when it happened uh, in your childhood and really uh, why it's what drives you uh, and what keeps you going uh, with all this incredible work that you are doing <laughs> Um, you know, there's, I'm sure there's many, so, but there's one that always keeps coming to my mind and which I think is a reflection. I tend to apply it to what's also happening in Namibia and, uh, in our continent as well. Um, my, my mother was big on sharing. Um, so, uh, again, I, 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 I contextualize this in the, um, in 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 the apartheid context where black people were not allowed to do much or have anything right so if you're in the village you even the stores that are there you didn't have much of anything you had to go to cities or you have to go drive somewhere else get a pass to go to other places so i um i grew up in a place that was uh, that's called oshite which is in the northern part of namibia in uh a town called Onganjera. Um, and, you know, the, the next town closest was uh, Oshakati, which is uh, a bit more of a, a larger town that had massive, bigger stores and things like that. Now, remember, um, my, my dad will drive there and will come back with goodies, whether it's some sweets or maybe a bag of apples or, or anything, or things like that. Um, and my mother had this thing that no matter how many apples um, my dad brought, and for some reason, I it's the apples and it's the fruits that always stuck with me. I don't know what it was. It was either apple or pear or something. He'll come back with, with, with these things. And no matter how many he brought, and at any given moment, we always were about maybe nine to 10 in the house. My mother would take a knife and take one apple, split it, into as many pieces as somebody who was in the house and we will eat that one apple and i always as a kid wondering or something like but there's enough apples for all of us to have one in the house um or even if there weren't at that point maybe it was five of us in the house and the other five are outside so why don't we just eat it ourselves and the people when they come with they don't even know that we had apples anyway so we just share it but you always do that and I was like, but what, what is that about? And in, I think what it did to me, it ingrained in me the value of community, the value of sharing, the value of sharing your resources, the value of sharing what you have. 
right? You, you shouldn't hog it and giving it away to other people and sharing with other people doesn't take anything away from you. It actually gives you a whole lot because now you're building a, this strong community around you. And I think for me, that is one story and that example that always really uh, has stuck to my mind that, you know, if you, if you're eating, you have to, to share with somebody, you know, I was, um, my wife made me laugh the other day that, um, she went to the office to work and she brought her, her lunch. Um, but she walked in and her office mate was in there. She didn't think he was going to, he was going to be in the office and she texted, she's like, I don't know how to eat food without sharing it, but I don't have enough for the both of us. And it's one of those things that we are just ingrained in our head to be able to share all of these things. It's I apply that to the larger context of Namibia and and post-independent Africa in that before independence, we had very few apples. Post-independence, we have so many apples to go around. But Simon, rather than cutting my apple in half to share with you, I rather hog all of them and even let them go rot than share even a small piece with you. Um, so I think our notions of what community is, our notion of um, of uh, of sharing and caring for each other, has continued to deteriorate so much um, that we are quite frankly just becoming selfish beings in a lot of ways. Uh, I wonder if uh, my mother was around if she would think that I'm still sharing these days or if my even my own sharing has been uh, has been reduced. But I think for me, that's really where my notion of, of, of community came from, from those kind of examples. And just from the way I lived, the way that I grew up, again, we, we did everything together. Uh, you knew that what you um, did impacted somebody else. If you were acting a fool out in the street, you know that reflects back on your family. So you can't do that, right? Um, if you don't do your homework in school, your mother will know before you even get home. And which was always amazing to me because I'm like, you didn't even have phones. How did that story get home before I even, uh, I even get there? So we just had really this strong knowledge of, um, not strong knowledge, but this strong sense of community that I'm afraid is, is, is disappearing because we have now people are more concerned about enriching themselves. You know, they're more concerned about them having multiple things. We, you know, we, we throw out uh, um, so much food, you know. Uh, we have a saying in my language, which I don't really know how to translate in English, but this idea that, um, you know, meat is very crucial to, um, to our culture, right? We, we, we eat tons of meat in Namibia. Uh, and when you don't have meat in your in your household, uh, the word is called omkara, uh, which basically means that you're either just eating um, the, the the simple oshetima uh, fufu without the sauce to go with it. Um, and the saying is that you know even if you don't have that in your house, you can go to your neighbor and at least borrow the sauce to be able to allow you to eat. Um, and it's this at this point we can't even go to our neighbors. So rather than passing on uh, the sauce so I can eat my oshetima, I'm going to throw that sauce out. Uh, in the village, if you slaughter a cow, a goat, or anything, you give your neighbors part of that, right? There's always this sense of community and sharing that 
I grew up with, that I'm ingrained in my head, that many of us grew up with. But as we continue to so-called modernize, we are throwing a lot of these things, a lot of these things away. But if we reflect back on our experiences as kids and so forth, I think we would probably realize that we have a lot of our own stories where we were taught uh, about sharing and caring uh, by our parents and our, or our, our elders. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, thank you, Tushaleni. Hey, Lavender, how are you? And uh, where are you joining us from today? Uh, and also, what are your thoughts in regards to the proverb that we have for today and the conversation that we are having with our beautiful brother, Tutaleni? Hello, hi, Simon. Hi, Tutaleni. Thank you so much for your for sharing your wisdom with us. And my uh, thoughts about today's proverb, if you're not able to build a house at once, you must first build a shed. So for this proverb, Tuteleni has been sharing um, nuggets after nuggets on top of the three nuggets of wisdom Simon shares. I feel like you've got it all covered about sharing, um, always extending a hand uh, to help other people. And Simon shared about starting when you have an idea or you want to uh, start on something, you start before you have everything figured out, you learn as you go. Thank you so much. This is Lavender. I'm speaking from Nairobi, Kenya. Asante sana. Asante sana means thank you very much. Thank you, Lavender, for being here today. Uh, let's hear from Brother Arth. Uh, how are you doing? Where are you joining us from? And what are your thoughts on the proverb and also the conversation we are having today? Peace and love, family. It's Brother Earth. I'm coming out to North Carolina Territory. And um, again, honest to you, Simon, and the whole village, you know, always having uh, enlightening conversations that uplift at the same time. Um, you know, just hats off to you and Tutelini for, you know, all that y'all do. And um, as far as the proverb goes, if you're not able to build a house at once, you must first build a shed. It's a saying that the um, older people used to say to us, you know, growing up, you got to crawl before you walk. Then as you progress, you know, you got to walk before you run, you know, and you got to run before you fly. So, you know, it speaks to everything goes in um, process or, you know, in, in different degrees, you know, life happens in different stages or seasons. But, and like y'all was saying in y'all conversation, it's good, long as you know that you're constantly making progress, moving forward and um, continuing to evolve, that's the goal. And I'll park my plane right there. It's brother, peace and love, fam. Wonderful, thank you, brother. Today you sound very clear. Uh, whatever you did today, you should do it every day. <laughs> hey, hey, Simon, check this out. How about today I'm not in the truck? 
I don't know if you know it or not, but I actually drive a garbage truck. And most of the time I'll be working and driving in the truck when you hear me. But today I'm also, that's why it's a little more clarity. Peace and love. Peace and love to you, my brother. You know, uh, I I knew that you're always uh, either, you know, working or doing something because I always hear movement. And I just always, always appreciate you taking the time even uh, when working to contribute and join us in this space. It means a lot. So thank you for being here on your day off as well. Uh, hey, party, you know, how are you doing? It's uh, been a while since you joined us, and I'm just so happy that you're here. Share with us your thoughts on the proverb and any comments on uh, our guest. Thank you. Wow. Well, very thought-provoking shares. Thank you so much to all the guests. Thank you, Simon. Yeah, with the House of Creativity, I'm always modding, and uh, it usually goes into and over this room. So today was a shorter day because of the holidays here in the USA. So when you pinged me, I was like, yes! <laughs> I was excited. And you know I follow your proverbs every single day, nonetheless, and I love them, and this thought-provoking one as well. And for me, what bubbled up was, of course, everybody shared, really resonated. But what bubbled up for me also is like, use what you have and whatever it is. And sometimes it's, it's your shed is your pen, your pencil, your paper, because no matter how, even if, even going a little off the proverb now, even if you had all the means in the world, all the bricks in the world, all the money in the world, you still have to start with that pen and pencil or paper, that first word, that first mathematical um, you know, equation, that first drawing, that first line. You have to start somewhere. And, there, and there's always something that you have available. It brings to mind somebody, I forgot who it was sharing because I was, uh, you know, cooking in the background here while I'm listening. But somebody shared something that brought to mind a good memory of when I was little and I would go outside and I would play house and I would find a bush that would be my house. And then I would make my plates out of leaves and I would make my food out of sticks. You always will find something because God will always provide. So start with one thing and then you build from there. God bless. Back to you, Simon. So many blessings to you, Patricia. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Your energy is always, uh, you know, just nourishing. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here and for your contributions as well. Let's go to my brother, Jermaine. Jermaine, how are you doing? Where are you joining us from? And what are your thoughts in regards to today's proverb from Mozambique? And feel free to share any comments in regards to the conversation we are having with Brother Tutalene Asino. Okay, Jermaine must be far away from his microphone, but we'll give you a few seconds while I just let everybody know that uh, we have uh, a little about 10 minutes uh, before the end of our conversation today. So this is a good time to remind you that uh, there are many, many ways that you can support uh, the African Father in America podcast. But today I want to ask you to just focus on the YouTube channel. If you are on Clubhouse, the link is at the top of the room. Go ahead and uh, click that link and subscribe. And uh, if you are on YouTube, make sure you subscribe if you haven't. And also give this video particularly a thumbs up. Then while still on YouTube, there are ways that you can actually 
uh, appreciate this show by gifting financially to the show through YouTube. So uh, if if you want to learn how to do that, you know, there's a way. It's called uh, it's called a super 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 thank you. Yeah, I think that's what it's called on YouTube. So look for that. Uh, I think it's important that we we do that, especially on a Thanksgiving day, to help with growing this platform. I actually have a number of people back in Kenya that work for One Vibe Media that produces this podcast. So there are a number of African youths that uh, you know support their own families as a result of working to produce this show, researching all the podcasts, uh, the proverbs that you see designing the memes that you see so my dream has always been uh, to create employment for african youths uh, so even though i'm in seattle washington uh, and uh, you know i i am I'm, I'm very proud of uh, how i'm doing myself you know with my media company and my non-profit and my family but i can never forget where i come from so i'm always you know rooting for Africa, but also doing the work by really creating opportunities where people can also do what they love, you know. So if you want to support that, today I just want you to focus on YouTube. There's so many other ways that I could have talked about, but my team asked me to particularly focus on asking you all to subscribe and also use the, you know, the super thank you feature that is on YouTube. Uh, and that's all I'll share before we continue with our conversation. I want to come to you, Jermaine. Jermaine, uh, are you there? I just want to make sure I create space for you. Greetings, greetings, family. Uh, yes, Simon, I'm here. Thank you, my brother. You take it away. Okay, um, give thanks again. Um, I came in, you know, in the midst of your um, guest speaking. So I just want to just encourage and encourage him to continue, you know, to, you know, to be great. Um, and I learned something about his country, Namibia. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yeah, yeah Namibia, yeah. Namibia, right. Yes. Um, Southern Africa, right? Yes. So, and he was talking about before independence, how they used to have more apples. Less apples, less apples before independence, after right. independence, way more apples. But they, they are not being shared. One would have so many that it's even going rotten, you know. So just look at that, you know. It's incredible. Like the more affluent people get, you know, it's like the less kind, the less generous, you know. It's incredible. Today is Thanksgiving and our you know, you're asking, you know, people to support the podcast through the YouTube um, platform. And just imagine Thanksgiving, there's a lot of people having so much, you know, big turkey spread, you know, potatoes, juice. I can't imagine, you know, the amount of food and togetherness that will manifest today, you know, and there is still, you know, a lot of people on the planet that's still going hungry that still don't have not even a salad, you know, not even the sides. You know, some of these, you know, Thanksgiving dinner would have some sides, <laughs> like, you know, potato on the side or chips and coleslaw. Some people not even having the, the sides, you know. Um, 
there is starvation going on, you know, in parts of Africa, Tigri, you know, they said it's man-made or whatever. There's threats of, you know, global famine, you know, at a biblical proportion. You know, I think the food, um, you know, I, I, Food Administration or the United Nations, they say something like that. So what we know is that cost of living is high. People are feeling it. I know people are feeling it in Jamaica where I am. So we just want to to be more generous, be more giving. That's what I really want to say for saying all of that. You know, we give thanks and we have gratitude, you know, for this day. But I want us to think about, you know, you know, being more of a giver. It's more blessing to give than to receive, you know. And there are people right now who would just want some of your apples. So instead of allowing them to rotten, why not just share, you know, spread, spread, spread the love around, spread the wealth around. Don't hoard. It don't really make sense. It, it don't even make sense. But. You know, maybe somebody who don't understand would think it make you know, much sense to have all and keep it all for themselves. So my thing today is, you know, spread the, you know, share and help the, the podcast, you know, through the YouTube platform. You know, try to, you know, help in any way you can in your community. You know, just keep spreading joy and gratitude and, you know, and this, you know, and today especially. So the proverb now, I almost forget, um... It's very, you know, simple to me, you know, start where you can start. You know, start with a low-hanging fruit. If you cannot build a house, build a shed, you know, have a tent. You know, Qatar is also in the World Cup now. You know, 50 years ago, Qatar was, you know, was way, 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 way backward. And I don't know, you know, a backward place, a barren place. But now they are rich. Why? Because they start, you know, with what they have. They are tents. The Arabs are tents. Now they have the tallest building. <laughs> so you just start where you are, you know. Start where you are. The Arabs are tents. In Qatar, they are tents, mud houses. Now they have the tallest building. So just start where, you know, start somewhere. Now they're hosting host the World Cup. Everybody is glued to their television, the greatest show on earth. Everybody's looking at Qatar now. We're a small country. You know, now the world is on them. So even small thing can have great impact. So if you have a tent, use your tent. Be comfortable. Wherever you lay your head, that's your home. Make your home comfortable. Make your tent, your mud hut comfortable. Sooner or later, you'll be in a palace. So that is my thought, Simon. And thanks again for you know the opportunity to speak. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, my brother, for everything you just shared. Let's hear quickly from Stephen before we come back to you, Tutaleni, to wrap up the show for us today in a moment. Thank you so much. Stephen, uh, the floor is yours. Thank you, Simon, for having me. And uh, thank you for everyone who have joined this session. I'm uh, Stephen, joining from Kisumu, Kenya. Uh, what I'm learning from today's proverb is uh, humble beginnings. Think big, but start small and stay focused to achieve uh, your goal. So uh, do not despise uh, what you have, but stay focused to achieve what uh, you're dreaming for. Thank you, Simon. That's my moment. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Thank you, Steve. Uh, for for I was mentioning earlier that you know I have a team of people that I work together with in Kenya, particularly. 
uh, and Steven is one of them and Lavender is another one. Stella was here earlier so you can you know connect with them directly and learn more about some of the initiatives that we are doing. Uh, my brother Tutaleni, thank you again for your patience. I know you've been taking notes diligently and listening to some of our brothers and sisters uh, sharing their voices and their hearts and their perspectives. And now it's your time to just reflect on it briefly and then share with us how we can stay connected with you. Um, and, uh, you know, then we can wrap up the show. If you have one question for me, I can answer it. If you have other thoughts uh, in regards to questions that I didn't ask, also feel free to add uh, during this time. Uh, thank you. It, it's always, um, you know, it, it's always great to um, to be in this space because I, I learned so much that there's so many different reflections. You know, it's amazing how we can all be looking at the same thing and be all understanding it differently. It's amazing how we can all be reading the same exact text, the same exact words, the same exact proverb, but we're all um, understanding it so differently. Um, and, and that's sort of what I was getting from uh, from, from the contributors. Um, and, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I love it. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is, is, is a funny holiday in a lot of ways. Um, there's a straightforward aspect of it right uh which is um i would almost say the branding which is you know you're giving thanks who doesn't want to give thanks it's simple it's straightforward we should be thankful whether it's in terms of from our religious beliefs or from our traditions for our philosophy whatever we just give thanks but when you really sort of critically look at the whole thanksgiving there's a lot of things to unpack in there there's of course the origin story of thanksgiving and you know the um, especially from the U.S. standpoint, the connection to, you know, Native American uh, and, 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 and all the different extermination that happened in the U.S. during colonial incursion, all of that stuff. Um, so there's, there's, there's one aspect of that. There's the other aspect of like when, when you're giving thanks, what are you giving thanks for and what are you giving thanks to, right? Um, and, and, and we have to really sort of unpack a lot of those things um, in, 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 in some way. Uh, but I'm always also reminded of, uh, um, of another uh, saying that often is contributed to Mother Teresa that, um, you know, the fragrance always remain on the hands that gives the rose, right? So, um, you know, so there's, there's, there's an interconnectedness there. So the fact that I'm giving you something, it's, it, even if, that giving benefits you, it also makes me feel good. And that's the fragrance that remains on me because I'm now benefiting from something else. Um, so when we're looking at this, this Thanksgiving, we have to think about, um, you know, I, I think it's my brother from Jamaica who, 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 who reminded that, that the act of giving itself is also the act of receiving. Um, so when we are being thankful, we have to think really, critically about what are we thinking, what are, what are we thankful for, who are we thanking, and at the same time, who are we not thanking? Um, you know, of course, if I have to count every blessing that I have and be thankful for everything, I'll be thanking from here to years to come because I can thank everything from, you know, the beard on my face to the oxygen to the glasses that allow me to see, and I can go through the whole thing. Uh, but I think this up this day just give us really 
an opportunity to reflect on 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 all on, on all these things. So, so let me just throw back at, at you, Simon, and 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 just ask: What are you uh, thankful for today? What I what what are you giving thanks for? Thank you, my brother Tutaleni. You know, uh, yesterday I was talking to my second-born daughter. Her name is Atieno. Atieno means born at night. And she was actually born at 10 p.m. You know, in my tribe, somebody is named according to the time that you are born. And she is also, the people who are called Atieno in Kenya, at least in my family, but also those that I know, are very stubborn. And they are like activists and they are like they are the people who will uh they will always say no you know <laughs> even when they really need to say yes they just say no to test you they say no to challenge you you know uh and also she has discovered that you know uh she can also test me you know i've, I've taught her a few boxing moves here and there so she actually practices she practices them on me while she, you know, while we're having a serious conversation, I'm telling her, look, you need to go and take a shower. And she's like, no, no, no. Then, you know, she's like, no, no, no. You know, she's, she can drive you nuts, but she's so beautiful and she's so powerful. And, you know, she's just, you know, the, the, you know, the, the personification of who a Tieno should be, you know. Um, you know, people are born at night are like nighttime. They are mysterious. Uh, you can't live with them because you you can't daytime can't do without nighttime you know <laughs> so i just say i'm very thankful for her but also all my children you know the three girls that are my children i'm very thankful for them because i spend a lot of time with them you know uh i'm just thankful for life too you know because um i'm very close to 40 i'm celebrating 39 uh in December, you know, and so uh, I'm beginning to see that I can't do all the crazy things I used to do, you know, uh, running, you know, for 10 miles or even maybe even a little over 10 miles uh, in the summer when the weather is nice. Uh, I can't do that anymore. Uh, we will be taking a long break from the African Father in America podcast most of December, after December 5th. Uh, I have two screws on my left ankle as a result of a soccer injury that have to be taken out after 10 years of having them. Uh, and so I'm realizing that I'm, I have to slow down, you know. Uh, I'm realizing that the food I eat and um, the food I eat is like my medicine, you know. Uh, so I have to also think about all this, you know, because... Uh, you know, because I, I just value life. I have a deep appreciation for life. And I feel that I'm really, really thankful that, um, you know, that I'm alive and I'm doing okay. And I think that's my biggest accomplishment because when I look back, I see that a lot of young people that uh, I grew up with uh, are no longer around. Uh, they are ancestors already, young ancestors, you know. I think young ancestors are very active wherever they are because they are supposed to be here helping uh, the world to evolve, you know. So they were ejected out of this space unexpectedly because they were born in Africa or the circumstances that they were in forced them to be criminals and 
do things that they really didn't want to do, you know. So uh, for me, while I'm thankful for life, I'm also thankful for their lives, you know, uh, for the lives of these people that are no longer here with us. Uh, and I just thank them for also teaching me because if certain bad things didn't happen, I would have been even more crazier because at some point I was as crazy as many of those who are not around, you know. So I just thank God that life has humbled me to an extent that I'm willing to be a father, I'm willing to uh, to connect with people like you, to do things like the African Father in America podcast. Um, you know, uh, I just feel that that's what's most precious to me, you know. Uh, just community, you know, I'm just thankful for a lot of things to Talene. Why did you ask? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, the, the there's there's one part for me, and, and this is going to be my last thought. Um, I get stuck in words. And I think it's it's really interesting that the word is thanksgiving and not giving thanks, right? So for me, I almost want to split those two words, thanks and giving. And, and the example that I gave about, you know, the fragrance always remains on the hand that gives the rose is that there is an act. For me, Thanksgiving has two parts, which is the giving thanks, just saying thank you and appreciative. And then the giving aspect, right? We were talking, we started off earlier talking about hosting people at our houses for Thanksgiving, right? There's a part of giving that is involved in that. But I feel like sometimes in, um, in this Thanksgiving, we we sit back and reflect and just say thank you and we don't really give right and and in, in your reflection you're also reflecting on what you have been giving whether it's your to your to your daughter um you know and and it's 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 interesting when you're using the um, metaphor of, of day and night right uh those things can't they they have to coexist right uh, um and they they all teach us in in so many different ways um but I, I guess for me, if I had to leave us with one last thought is, what if we think of today as not Thanksgiving one word, but split it into two? Are we actually saying thank you for what has happened in our life, uh, what we have, the people who we have in our corner, uh, the people who are helping us, uh, you know, turn our shed into a home? What we, let's give thanks to those people. But we also have to look at the other giving part. What are we going to be giving today? You know, what have we been giving in the in the last years? We reflect back. Um, I think for me, that's sort of what I'm going to be thinking about and reflecting and reflecting on. Um, you know, and, and and I love hearing you know the things that you're giving, whether it's through this podcast, whether it's through the people who are helping you produce in 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 Africa that are, that you're also giving other things to. You know, whether it's the other many, many things that you're involved in that you're actually giving, but you're also saying thank you for what you have been given. Uh, and I just think that sometimes we should probably s separate those things, say thank you, but also give uh, as a way of saying uh, thank you for what we have. That's incredible. That's incredible. You've, you, you know, as you finished, I was just thinking of how many people actually need to send a message and say thank you too. you know, even though I feel like I'm always good at saying thank you immediately. But I just feel that people value hearing thank you on Thanksgiving for some reason. And people 
pay attention on Thanksgiving than they do on other days, you know. <laughs> so I think people are in a in a in a position to receive, you know. People have opened their mouths to eat and so people are ready to receive in other ways too. You know, it's a it's in the air and I think it's a good time to reach out to somebody and just say thank you for being amazing, you know. <laughs> anyway, to Taleni, uh, thank you. Thank you, my brother, uh, for always creating the time and always supporting. I would love for us to talk about uh, fatherhood. You know, this is a conversation we've not had before, and I realize that you are a father, and this is the African Father in America podcast. So we've talked about many things, but I think that's the next phase of our conversation. So if possible, let's schedule some time over the next um Actually, in January, because uh, December we are we are uh, limiting uh, the conversations that we are hosting. I do want to just quickly give a few people a shout out: uh, Coco, Sarah, MK, Byron, and Max, and uh, of course Stephen and Jermaine and Party, brother Lavender. Thank you, thank you as well, and everybody watching and listening. Thank you as well. Tutaleni, uh, anything else before we push the end button? Now brother just thank you thank you for uh always creating the space and thank you for everybody uh who is in the space now and who will be watching this later um uh, your presence is 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 one of the biggest gifts so thank you for uh being part of this conversation excellent have a beautiful thanksgiving my brother thank you my brother we'll uh see America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo live from Seattle, Washington, USA.